I thought we were live already. We're live on Twitch, but we'll go oh. live on YouTube here then. Okay, I'll do, I'll do whatever. What are we talking about tonight? Being, I'm oh, cool. being branded. Yeah, if the, oh, so yeah. the choice was, do you would you prefer to be branded, uh, receive a coffee enema, right? That was round one. And then that escalated from round two to, would you rather be branded or have a fecal transplant? But the fecal transplant, the caveat is, is that it is not for any medical reason. It is just purely to have someone else's shit in you to expel. And I was like, well, if it was for a medical reason, 100%, I'd choose a fecal transplant. It's not even close. Uh, <laughs> Telly said, what did that have to do with New Orleans? I, Telly, the only thing I can say is that New, New, or New Orleans changed me in a, in, a, in a weird way, man. I do not understand what it was about it, but there was just something about it. And, and again, where, where I grew up and what I was subjected to, and it was strange that, you know, you get in... Four o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock rolls around. You're smoking a cigarette out your window. You know you're pondering because I'm 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 getting ready to go to college, right? And I'm, I've got all these ideas and I'm trying to fucking process. And I think I'm Hunter S. Thompson or Jack Kerouac at the time, right? And I'm writing, journaling a whole bunch every day, and I'm I'm trying to decide the path the path that I will go on. And uh, and you know, for instance, I, I told the story before, but there was this uh, this this uh, trans lady that would that would come by every morning and. Uh, she'd, she'd see me and she'd ask for, for money and, uh, and I'd, I'd like throw coins at her, right? But anyways, I got, you know, I'll explain how it got to that point. But she asked me where I was from. I'm sitting in the window. I'm smoking a cigarette. I think I may have even been smoking a joint at the time or a bowl. And, uh, and she was like, you know, hey, honey, uh, do you want to hang out? I was like, no, I'm good. Thank you. I appreciate it, though. Uh, she was like, where are you from? And I said, uh, I'm, I'm from Memphis. And then she started singing Elvis. Well, for the duration of my trip, every morning, she would come by while I'm smoking my morning cigarette and she would sing Elvis songs to me. And uh, I, I didn't really carry a lot of cash. So I would throw quarters or whatever change I had in my pocket from the night before out the window at her. And then she'd go on about her day. And, uh, and we were like, we were buddies, right? So anyway, uh, yeah, New Orleans just fucking changed me because I would say this prior to New Orleans, no way am I going to enter a bet with some dude to put out cigarettes on my arm. Post New Orleans, fucking a right in fact you're gonna have to put that whole goddamn pack of cigarettes out of my arm and then the rest of the carton before i fucking give up on this because motherfucker uh i'm a, I'm a different human being now that was the purpose of the new orleans story anyway. uh i haven't gone live go on live youtube now? yet no okay uh right. you want to just go hot to youtube or you want any time yeah, fucking a no let's just do it let's just do the damn do it live well then we're on youtube right now oh hi youtube hello YouTube. hello youtube <laughs> uh youtube uh this is uh, uh to the to the south i assume as i see it on the screen is how youtube sees it to the south here uh we have we have ray ray ito um to the i i'm gonna say this to the east <laughs> to the east we've got we've got ryan demay stroke stroke it to the east uh, <laughs> stroke it to the west stroke it to the woman i, I love this <laughs> I'd be struggling. I had to, you you I had to you tease that back to our, day, our completely broken uh, stream that we had last Thursday. And, and listen, it was broken. I enjoyed our, the music segment so much. I will I say, too. I listened to it on my way back from Iowa and I enjoyed it too. We just, you know, this is the part of the year where we can talk about whatever the fuck we want. And, you know, 
I don't know. I mean, at least we're not making like a, you know, spray your lawn with iron video in the middle of January. Get some color in that ray, you know? Jesus oh. Christ. Oh. I mean, God, no. <laughs> who, who did that? Uh, we'll talk about that. Later on was in the it, after was show, was it was it someone where they're they have actively growing turf? Like, are they are they in SoFlow? I'll even say like so so Georgia, something no. like that. No. South Texas, maybe Houston, no. No. potentially no. Canada. Uh, oh, okay. Sorry to sorry to dash your hopes there that yeah somebody yeah, was making a smart and rational decision, but uh-huh. here we are. No, here we are. It was sunny in so, 65 here, but uh, it's going to be, you know, it's getting down to 24 tomorrow. So, you know, um, there's no point in fucking spraying iron. I promise you that. I, oh, I did, I did want to show this video I saw, I found on Reddit. And let me see if I can get it over to JPink real quick while we're talking guys, about I, it. I just, I just want to, I want to be sentimental right now and just say how oh, much I am so glad to be here on the show with you guys tonight. No, Matt, I mean, I really I'm so am. glad that you're I really am. No, that you're here too, because the last, you know, I want to say four months of your life. My God. <laughs> you know, you know Matt, my God. It's not that bad. Oh, bullshit. Bullshit. I mean, that, that was horrific. Okay, that was horrific, and you see, my sign that it was that bad is when your supposed business partner runs off with the coconut shrimp girl. Man, (laughs) there is there is a a, uh, happened happened once it'll happen ten times again. You know, let me let me give let me give a happy birthday to uh, to my my uh, ride or die business partner, John Borden, who he and I have been through thick and thin together. He's 40 years old today. Uh, He's a few. Happy birthday, JB. Yeah. Happy. Happy happy birthday, birthday, JB. Yeah, we uh, we had we had a good day at work today. We did. We did not celebrate his birthday today. Um, And Mm. and, you know, and. JB and I, and I have to say this is that, you know, business partners is a, is a strange thing to begin with because you spend so much time together. Right. And, and like intimate time where you're trying to make the best decision you possibly can to affect the future of two families moving forward. Right. And it's, it's a lot of times there's a lot of high pressure decisions, but at the same time, you know, you try and make fun of it too, because you know, a lot of times it's just you and another person. So we've had a lot of good times together and we don't, we hang out so much at work, like literally, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. We're together. You know, we, we carpool together every day. You know, we, 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 we eat together every day. We work together every day. We talk all fucking day long. And uh, <laughs> so we don't hang out outside of, out, outside of work. We just, we just don't uh, because we spend mm-hmm. so much fucking time together. It would just be, it'd be too much. Right. Uh, but for his 40th birthday, I am, uh, my wife and I are going to go uh, to his 40th birthday party next week. So, look forward to that too so happy birthday if you're watching john borden i'm sorry i'm talking so much i'm like i said i'm so fucking happy to be here i love you guys <laughs> yeah well happy, happy to I, have you here i mean high on life tonight boys i am high on life I am. yeah in uh, listen there's uh there's much to talk about oh one thing i do want to give a shout out to uh besides princess Catlons in the chat is uh i don't even know if he's in there to be honest with you um <laughs> One of our uh, one of our loyal 
patrons uh, got the good news just today that his donation to We Care Lawn Care info was matched by his employer so we are pushing that total up and up and let me tell you what boys uh you know uh, the person that we offered the opportunity to first to put it out on their channel uh, he's not taking this up on it yet and that, it, no judgment whatever you know you ha- we, we gave him the opportunity uh so we don't know if he'll be first uh middle or last but uh coming up here in the springtime We've got, uh, I think, three folks so far with some pretty wide followings already committed to uh, doing a little something-something on the front end of a video. You know, maybe that uh, that spring pre-emergent vid- uh, uh, video or, you know, maybe even that soil testing video that everybody does. Maybe we'll make sure that it's on something sciency, right, to really back up the validity of uh, that website and the URL and everything behind it, right? I can't wait. This might be our quietest episode. I feel like we are all on NPR volume right now. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to talk about uh, our favorite chocolate chip cookie recipes and, you know, what we, uh, our, our little tips. Ooh, you know it's not going to last, right? Now, this is a serious <laughs> question. This is a very serious question. I, I, we got off topic on our last show, and I will allow us to do it here again to fall out of order. But chocolate chip cookie, all right? Okay. I need I need a one to ten on both of these from you and from our audience. I'm, I'm curious about this now. Um, both the way that you liked it cooked and the uh, chip to dough ratio, right? So they say a one would be like one chip an entire cookie. Ten would be like almost like just enough dough to hold the damn thing together, and the rest of it be chips. On the doneness factor. One would be like it's raw in the center. You know, the edges are mostly cooked, but it's raw in the center. Uh, mm-hmm. A 10 is like it's hammered. Like it's not burnt, but it's going to crunch real hard when you bite into it. So I need to know, gentlemen, one to 10 on both of those scales, where are you at on your perfect chocolate chip cookie? Oh, man. Okay. For me, it is, mm-hmm. I'm going to call I'm gonna it. I'm judge you hard. And an 11. On the chocolate and 11 chips, on, because oh my god, Ray! Oh, oh wow! No, because for because for me, I have nervous already. I'm already like when I'm like dropping the dough on the on the half sheet, I'm already having to like flip up the loose chips and kind of like poke them back into the the ball of what? cookie dough. Oh, yup. No. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. oh yeah. It gets worse. Well, then, it gets right. worse. And then, as far as doneness goes, uh, my nightmare would be the overly hard and dried out cookies. So I kind of pull mine while they're still chewy. I pull I mean, mine while they're to. still you, chewy. You can't. You yeah. can't hammer those in the oven. I mean, it's just going to turn into. Liquid chocolate, like a like a chocolate puck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to turn into liquid chocolate. And uh, right. the other thing that I always like to add to is I can't get away from having the actual cookie itself be a peanut butter cookie. No, there's. It's hard to screw that up. I think you got to be a little bit chewy. On yeah, no, I, I've, I've I, had some I, over, I do, overcooked ones. No, but I, but have. mine is usually a peanut butter 
cookie base and then too oh. many chocolate chips. <laughs> too many fucking chocolate chips. Too that's many a, fucking chocolate chips. <laughs> now, here's the thing about Matt is that Matt Matt has literally changed his life, his entire lifestyle, and I am proud of him for it. I am trying to do the same. I'm using him as inspiration. Uh, and But I do know that just oh, like I, me. And I've changed my life, too. You have, too. I've Ray, changed my life, Ray, too. Ray, Sheila got you on the straight and narrow. Let's be honest. It, ever since the <laughs> rear end, ever since the rear ending accident and her trying to work it off for the last thirteen months, you've been a different man. Okay, it's okay if she's in cock prison, you know, for the rest of time. That's just the way it's going to be. Now, Matt does. Matt does. Matt still does have that taste for sweets because every time you mention sweets oh, around yeah. him, I always notice. He's like a fucking squirrel. He's like me. Oh, yeah. I don't actually don't eat. It's, it's surprising. There's a lot of things that I got this big and I don't eat, like no pie. I think we've talked about this before. Zero mm-hmm. pie for me whatsoever. Oh, Brownies. I, can, I can don't eat, like them. I could eat an Candy entire bars? cherry pie. Oh, no problem. All right. So the cookies. Let's get back to the cookies here real quick. One right, to ten so on both of those scales. I, I, like, I like, and let me tell you, there, in, in my opinion, there's no better cookie than a chocolate chip cookie. I'm going to get that out there. It is, it is the, the apex. I love, I love you. Number two <laughs> is, while I do, appre- I, I appreciate a good balance between chocolate chip and, and, and actual cookie, but I, I will say this, is that I don't need a flood of chocolate chips. It's, it's some, there, there is a harmonious amount of, of chocolate to cookie ratio there. And, and, and honestly, it differs, yeah. but not by much. I'm going to put my chocolate chips somewhere around a three. Um, and then in terms of the, uh, the cookie, you know, look, I'm a big fan of, you said a one is like raw in the center, right? Yeah, like it's, gonna ha- it's still going to be doughy. Like, like you hold doughy, it up and it's, and it's full. I mean, you can't even it's hold sag, it up. It's right? sag, yeah, 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 it's sag. Hey, I got to go, go three and three. I got to go three and three. I love a hot soft warm center and uh and and i and i like you know i i think i think three on the on the chocolate chips is gonna be a pretty pretty good number there you are my soulmate because i'm a three and three guy through are you a three and three guy i mean there is no better cookie than that there is no No. better cookie than that and they are even good the next day like you know they're not like if (sighs) if you burn them yes the next day they're worthless can't even touch them but it's it's not worth my time I might have so to have my a, wife, I might a crown or a dental implant if I try to eat one of those things. Up my wife is a is like a two. Uh, I would say she's a three ten, right? Ooh. She wants a crunchy as shit. In fact, she wants them so hard she keeps cookies in the freezer, just to Lord. stiffen them up. God, Isn't that horrific! Of, my God, that's that's. There that's, are some things you have to compromise on and just pretend like don't exist. Otherwise, you know, shit. <laughs> Who knows? The cookies we shall not speak of. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad that we got that all out there. Ray, we're going to send help. You know, I, I think we're going to get you on some Robutrin or something like that for the chocolate chip fetish. And uh, we'll see if we can turn <laughs> the tide here. And that's all we can. Oh, hell no. Hell no. Because you see, you will pry dark chocolate from my cold, dead fingers. Right? I mean,. Because uh, that's something that it will kill people over. <laughs> well, you got to have standards, I guess. So, and, and I'm glad we got that. Yeah. Out there. All right. Now, <laughs> listen, uh, tonight 
We don't really. Ha- I don't know. Are, are we doing a call in? Are we? Are we going to just jam like we did last time and and, <laughs> and go on on a on a big hour long tangent? What do you want to do? I really don't care. Just, uh, I don't know. Let's talk. Let's talk. So uh, okay. Yeah. Let's 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 in, let's in, jump in, into in some per- cookies. If, if people yes. if people have cookies, did you hear that as a Freudian slip? Uh, if people have questions, oh, throw them into the chat. And if we if yes. we need to open it up, we can open it up. Let's dive into. But yes, I, I've got I've got something I want to talk about too related to turf. But uh, go ahead with what you what you got going. And I'm no, sure no, 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 no. I want to hear. I want to hear that. Way. I want to hear that. Okay. Yeah, I want to hear that too. And I've got yes. I, I've got something else in that vein too. So I had uh, a gentleman uh, reach out to me. He is in uh, uh, Texas. Um, lawn, lawn care operator and a young guy, uh, newer to the business is, is doing relatively well. And of course comes from the, uh, um, uh, has been inundated by information from the, the church of Jim beverage. Right. And, oh. uh, and so, you know, he's trying oh. to sift through, you know, what is, what is reality and what is not reality. And the big thing right now is, is uh well which has been but it's 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 taken on a whole new level of um uh abstract uh, uh nothingisms right and uh, and the big mm-hmm. thing is right now is uh, uh uh biodiversity within the soil right you know m- microbes oh for and, Christ's sake and so mm-hmm. the, the the question was uh could you please explain a methylenurea solution to a novice and then the follow-up, so I, you know, I did, and we were talking about carbon chains and uh, mineralization and all that fun stuff. And uh, and then, so the follow-up question to that was because, uh, again, trying to sift through what what he reads in in these in these types of groups, right? And again, when I say these types of groups on Facebook, this is going to be called the advanced lawn care professionals, right? So <laughs> this is not. This is not your average everyday lawn care professionals in the advanced. Not beginner, not intermediate lawn care professionals. Advanced, um, not remedial. Uh, I, 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 I don't even feel comfortable calling myself advanced. It's, it's can I take a pass fail of, uh, intensity? <laughs> the follow up question is: So, if your microbial activity in the soil is terrible, this nitrogen source would be far less effective. Okay. My my question to that is is how Hell do yeah. you quantify terrible microbial activity? How do you achieve terrible microbial activity? And the reason why I ask that is that I want I want us to envision right now um, a, a a lawn a residential lawn right uh, and we'll say sod has been growing on it for a season. We'll give it. We'll give it a season, right? It was sodded right. in uh, in the in the previous July. Um, we are rolling into it in uh, in April, and we're going to be fertilizing it again. And this is going to be Houston, Texas. So April, you know, we're talking soil temperatures of 80, 85 degrees, and um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're we're going to assume that you know it's it's raining. If it's not raining, then we have. Um, uh, uh, irrigation to fall back on. I think yeah. there's a significant number of irrigation systems in Houston. And, uh, and so I want you gentlemen to tell me, uh, is it possible in that scenario to have terrible, uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm using this abstract amb- amb- ambiguous, um, uh, phraseology here as it was used to me, uh, would in that instance ever could you achieve 
uh, terrible microbial activity. Is it possible? I mean, if you impossible, and I'm saying that. in the in the absence of methyl bromide or uh, you know microwaving your uh, you know a a, a, a furrow <laughs> slice of soil, or, you, you know oh, something shit. something. <laughs> I see Dustin Waterman in the chat here says you know straight salting the earth. Yeah, short of. I, I, and mm-hmm. even then, even if you uh, uh, filled up your um, uh, your parking lot salt spreader from uh, from up in Columbus, Ohio, took it down to Houston, Texas, and put you know ten pounds per thousand of sodium chloride and killed everything in the yard, within what two weeks, you're going to be back to healthy populations of microbial activity. Is that is that too aggressive? Less, you think? Maybe three weeks. No, 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 or less. less. Actually, it won't even matter because, you know, the concentration of salt required to destroy microbial life is incredible. It takes a lot. Yeah, so you'd kill the plants long before you could even touch the microbial activity. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, so the this question is an example of all of the popular media horseshit. Yes. Okay, this this is all of the horseshit where they talk about microbes, where I'm glad you brought up methyl bromide because the only way I know of to achieve microbially devoid soil is a pound of methyl bromide plus four ounces chlorpicrin Per hundred square foot for twenty four hours, and, bring and oh, up by the way, harps. yeah, you can't do that anymore. You literally can't do that anymore. So that's no longer even viable. Or alternate way is imagine hundred seventy degree steam for one hour. See how steamy it is, <laughs> and bring up the tarps. That was so clutch. That was like, <laughs> that was so. Listen, clutch. listen, ladies, especially ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I just want to let you know how strong J Pink's finger game is. <laughs> strong, very strong, very quick. So I mean, uh, it, go ahead, Demain. Go, go ahead. I'm. Oh well, I no, was just going to say is uh, here, here's a bit. Uh, of course, my uh, I'm always the big picture guy, right? My big picture take is this: is like. How when you when you hear somebody that's trying to convince you, sell you, whatever, is if they don't start with what you do have to work with and what you can use as a foundation for a program, whether it's products in the barn, equipment, the actual grass, soil, all that kind of stuff you're taking care of, you're talking to the wrong fucking person. Because anybody who starts off the other way, hey, here's what you don't have, or here's what you probably don't have, and doesn't ask any questions or just straight out says, Oh yeah, like your shit's locked up, or you don't have any, you don't have any um, microbial activity, or any red flags, sirens should be going off in your head of okay, what's coming next? You know, there's the jab, there's the jab, here comes the left, right, and it's going to be the pitch, pitch for mm-hmm. buy my bugs in a jug. Mm-hmm. So what was yep. the what was the I haven't seen this post. So what was the uh, it was it was not a post and this is one of those instances again young guy oh. and he does not want to stir the pot in this group right because if you stir the pot in that type of scenario you run the risk of being excommunicated right and then his his uh support network where he you know 
sometimes you, you've got to filter through this, right? And this is his effort of trying to filter through this and trying to figure out what's reality and what's not. And so instead of instead of bringing it up there where you have the other um, the the other church members that would come down on you for <laughs> questioning, uh, you know, uh, pastor. And, and, and having to resort out your life after that, he's like, like, okay, I'm just genuine question here. Please, can you explain it to me like a novice um, in, in terms that I can understand? So, um, you know, preserving his, his anonymity here, that's why I just, I wanted to bring it up in this context and get your gentleman takes on it. And I'm, of course, I'm sharing the link with him of us talking about it now, uh, just so he can go back and reference it. And, you know, uh, again, I have, I have no filter and I honestly am not concerned what, uh, Jim's opinion of, of me is anyway. So it is what it is. Anyway, yeah, mm. it, it is what it is. Well, Matt, maybe this young man needs uh, an invitation to the Church of Science and Facts rather than voodoo. <laughs> I'm just saying. In- in, I'm sure. I'm sure. I think he's working up to that. I. I don't. I don't know if he is. I don't know how public he wants to be right now. Just because, again, you know, he does that literally. He. He, he can. No, he can no longer be in that group, right? So, um, and there's there. You know, you're going to get a lot of good information from uh, uh, manufacturers of herbicides and stuff like that are in the group. So, you know, it's. It, I'm not saying that the group. Is whole, <laughs> But this, you know, this uh, uh, interesting take on uh, the obsession with remediating microbial activity as if it just becomes devoid because you used nitrogen fertilizer or uh, whatever. Let me ask you this, Ray. What, in your opinion, do you think has? And uh, and I'm I'm 100% setting you up in this question. I'm gonna I'm gonna lob you a softball here. And I'm going to load you up with a um, uh, a propulsion powered uh, uh, softball bat, and I'm going to ask you, what do you think has a greater influence on my microbial activity in the soil? Um, ammonium thiosulfate or methylene urea, uh, in, in a negative in a negative way. What what do you think will have a harder impact okay. on microbial activity? I would imagine the ETS would have. A more negative impact because ATS hits the soil as an extremely alkaline liquid. Yes. And then uh, it needs the activity of a specific bacteria called a thiobacillus in order to metabolize that down to sulfuric acid, which is the mm-hmm end product of an ATS application because here's what happens when ATS hits soil. It dissociates into ammonium sulfate and it also leaves a residue of very finely divided elemental sulfur. So the ironic thing about using ATS is that even though as a bulk liquid solution it's very alkaline, the end product of it reacting with soil is always elemental sulfur. Hmm. And so ATS is actually a very good product to apply to alkaline soils, provided you have the proper mechanisms for both applying it 
and ensuring that it's irrigated in. For example, uh, Matt, what were you telling me about the nutrient guys telling lawn people to low volume spray ATS on turf? Yeah, you know, it was mm. a phenomenon that uh, oh, started gosh. Uh, a, f- a few years ago, right? As And for those of you that don't know, ATS, KTS are quasi-waste uh, streams from the manufacturing of uh, acetaminophen, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yes. that, that, was, that was why all of a sudden we started seeing monumental amounts of it that, that first started in agriculture and then made its way over to turf because... Um, you know, ag companies started dealing to, to turf companies, right? And and so it became it became a thing. And uh, and you know, it was this it was this alternative way to get down uh, ammoniacal nitrogen or uh, potassium. And and so, in you know, it's a uh, potassium is one of those things where the it, it's expensive <laughs> to apply potassium um, uh, acetate, right? Uh, it's, it's difficult to safely apply potassium chloride and it's difficult to get a large load of potassium for potassium sulfate. Uh, and then you're kind of limited to like potassium carbonate, but then you're having to deal with the fact that that is going to be, uh, soil, um, uh, neutralizing, right. It's going to, it's going to act as a buffer against acidity. And so, you know, if you're floating around somewhere you want to be, and then, you know, you're looking at your sources, you know, do you go broke spraying potassium acetate? And, you know, so it was another option out there and it's a cheaper option. And so, you know, people were jumping at it that, oh man, look, we've got this cheap option now and I can get down my, my K. And, uh, and then, and then this is normally what happens, right? Someone would jump on it and be like, oh, I went ahead, I bought it. I got two totes of it. I'm going out with it. And then about a week later, they're taking pictures and you see their Z spray on one side of the, of the photo frame. And then on the other side of the photo frame, you see these uh, tip burn streaks all throughout the lawn. And, uh, <laughs> and they're like, I don't understand what happened. And you're like, okay, what was in the tank? And you see something like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to use arbitrary herbicide here. Uh, I had uh, three way in the tank and uh, ammonium thiosulfate. Oh man! Holy and, and just, shit. just purely convinced the three-way caused the issue here. You know, do you think my tech mixed it too strong? Uh, do you think you went too slow across the lawn? Do you think my tips have gone out? You know, what what is it that that caused this to happen? When in reality, the the, the fact of the matter is, is that that ammonium thiosulfate is extremely caustic and likely salt index on it is insanely high too. And uh, and so you know, you 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 literally. Uh, salt burned the the uh the the holy shit out of your grass out of that application you know matt the only time you can safely apply ats or kts to growing crops is through the irrigation system actually yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that that because, because i i've never seen a case where it is okay Put it in your pivot. Yeah, yeah. Put it in your pivot or inject it into the actual irrigation ditch for furrow irrigation. But mm-hmm. I've never seen a case where it is okay to like spray out a solution of one of those two in like ten or fifteen gallons per acre. You know, you can't exactly put that in your flotation rig or your uh or your helicopter, you just can't do it because uh, 
You want to talk about tip burn? There's your tip burn right there. <laughs> yep, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, Demay, I see you are intently uh, going after lots of things over there. Uh, where's, <laughs> where's your head at right now? Oh, uh, I'm I'm on a completely different subject right now. No, sure, that's um, fine. I'm I'm bringing that up that, to sound good. That's no, that's fine. So, uh, our boy, Timmy Bluegrass, mm-hmm. Timothy Bluegrass. If you're uh, mm-hmm. in the state of Georgia, that's uh, that's, right. that's, where, that's where that's where Timothy's number one fan is down there in Flowery Branch. And uh, Timmy writes <laughs> into us generally in a study on uh, foliar and apps to both warm and cool season grasses at the University of Arkansas. In 2010, the researchers found that bent grass's ability to absorb foliar and declined as the season went on. They suggested this might be, quote-unquote, attributed to the leaf cuticle changes that made leaves more hydrophobic and possibly less receptive to nutrient absorption. That was going to be my this was obviously This was obviously 12 years ago, but I couldn't find any more recent research on the matter. What are your thoughts? In particular, what would you expect? would you expect to see similar results on fescue, rye, and bluegrass? If so, would you think that this suggests that foliar apps on cool season grasses should be mainly a springtime thing? Ooh, if, great, I, I, all right. great questions. It is a great question. And I think this is one of those instances where sometimes I will, I will get aggressive and say, I think you're overthinking the shit out of this. My, my point being is what is so critical about getting the leaf concentration to a certain point from purely foliar absorption. Because as long as it's irrigated post after after application, right? So you're going to get some foliar absorption, right? And it may be that you get 30% in the spring and then you only get, you know, we'll say like 3% in in the in, in the remainder of the growing season, or the worst part of the growing season. But uh, it's irrigated and then you, you still get to take advantage of what's taken up by the roots, right? So I I don't see the critical necessity of changing your application method because uh, it's still going to end up in the plant. Uh, It's just a method of application that uh, you're choosing to apply it, right? That your your method of application isn't going to influence how much ends up making it into the plant. Uh, It's just, it might take a different way than it, it, it could with the amount of efficiency it could in the spring. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does, Matt. It totally makes sense because, you know, I utilize sprayed fertilizer applications mostly for the ability to apply small controlled amounts of material to an area, whereas I still don't know of a good spreader or granule, for example, that can drop one-tenth of a pound of N at a time. You know, that's like hard to do, right? So my preference is to just spray the application and be done with it. And of course, the flip side to that is that after that spray application is made, I know irrigation is coming on within the next seven days. I mean, that's just how it is. And on a bent grass golf green in the summer, uh, unless they're in a rainy and cool location in the summer, you bet your ass that the water is coming on the next morning. 
So irrigation is not a consideration at that point. <laughs> Man, there's a lot here. I, 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 over, overall, I'll agree with what Matt's saying, that it is overthinking it and that, uh, you know, nitrogen use efficiency of what goes in versus what you get out of it should always be a concern. I think it's often overlooked, you know, as far as what we do. And there's been a lot, you know, I wouldn't say a lot, uh, a decent amount of work done in this space. So it, Timmy, if you're looking for more, I'd, I'd look up uh, nitrogen uptake uh, foliar and look up Kentucky bluegrass. There's a good paper from Max Schlossberg at uh, Penn State uh, that I remembered and popped up. It's it's pretty decent. Goes through uh, what they did with growth chamber work. So they're spraying outside the growth chamber and then looking into it. So I'll have uh, Jay Pink throw a link up to that paper. Uh, the paper you're talking about uh, from University of Arkansas that really was a pretty influential paper in that. Uh, they really tried to quantify both on cool and warm season to see what those uptake levels were, and mostly as a temporal basis, right? Temporal meaning time. So how much uptake do we get after a certain period of time? So let me see if I can pull this up real quick as we're going to it. While I'm doing that, I just want to say, uh, and many of you may not know this, but the, the gentleman who did that work when he was at Arkansas is a guy named Chris Steigler. Chris was a graduate of the University of Arkansas. I got his PhD there. Uh, worked with a good friend of mine while he was there, uh, and Chris sadly passed away not long after this paper was what? published. He passed away in 2011. Him and his wife were uh, tragically killed in a car wreck. Their infant daughter, eight-month-old oh daughter, God. survived. Oh, my and gosh. So, so, yeah, so just awful stuff. I hate bringing it up, but it's, uh, this guy was a talented researcher. He would have been a, a, just a phenomenal uh, turf grass academic, really bright guy had some good ideas about where his research was going to go and, and yeah, tragic, tragic stuff. Um, oh, so yeah. Yeah. Hey, I got to bring it up. The other Wrong. thing, uh, I'm glad you did actually. Yeah. Let's see. Um, I'm sorry. I'm getting texts from, from people that are at a, a turf event right now. I apologize, but I'll see if I can pull this Arkansas thing up. The, uh, the biggest thing is, more, more, more text questions, Timmy. I love, I love the text questions. <laughs> I said text, a uh, paragraph questions, paragraph questions. Yeah. Uptake. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I, sorry. Normally I mute my mic before I adjust it, and I didn't that time. I apologize. This is that. There we go. Yep. 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 Hmm. All right, I'm not going to dive too deep in. What what it was essentially was that zero to twelve hours was sort of a critical period, right? So, as Ray said, if you're going to do that, uh, pre-irrigating is key, right? So, if you're going to go out there with any sort of end product, especially as the heat goes up, is always just give a quick spin of the sprinklers. If you don't have sprinklers, mm -hmm. douse it down with the hose. Spray in the evening if you can, you know, things like that to reduce that risk. But the idea is that you want to leave that stuff on. The thing about the um, basically the hardening off of the plant right is that yeah there is a there are physiological changes uh in plants and i think that i don't know that anybody's really looked at this probably the breeders probably have a little bit better sense of what goes on with those uh cuticles on different leaf surfaces uh I, and if you look at the schlossberg paper from penn state that's a 2018 paper um there is some pretty interesting stuff in there about the variability between like hard fescue tall fescue bluegrass, Alperino ryegrass related to uptake. Like for example, you know, it was pretty linear uptake model for, or uptake uh, trajectory for um, bluegrass, for 
um, perennial ryegrass, but or, or no, what was it? it was something else? Oh, shit, I'm even confusing myself now. But there was a couple <laughs> that were actually quadratic that uh, were were taking up significantly more uh, in a shorter amount of time. So I will link that paper. Have a look at that one, and we'll see what we can find out. But uh, that's good stuff. It's good stuff. Let me see before I dive into my other topic that I was going to get into. This is going to be this will be spicy, by the way. Um. Uh oh. Can you still hear me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. yeah you're my, you're still my, on. My computer looked like it was. I I had the I had the the blue screen for a second, like my computer was going to take a big shit. Um. <laughs> Do you have any other questions in the chat? Let's let's pull this up real quick. Okay, uh, I I caught I, a question I, far up. I real caught a quick, question let me far just up. Plug this. Uh, uh-huh. uh, coming up this week on the twenty fourth Tuesday, nine p.m. Oh, Eastern on the Pro Turf Talks Discord app. No, no, no. I'm. Oh, the, the, I know. This is this is good. Um, the is. May is going to be uh uh with with spin. And a few other people talking all about soil testing. Um, so anyway, I if you if you are not a member of this, hang on, I'm gonna throw a link into the chat. I am so slow with this; it's embarrassing. Uh, I'm gonna throw a link into the chat to join if uh, if you are not there. And what a dick! I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it strong on, finger uh, game on Twitter as well too. I'm simultaneously doing this in two places at one time. I probably shouldn't be doing that, but you know, there it is. Join it. Go see uh, uh, Demay at all over on uh, the Pro Turf Talks Discord and uh, and hang out and and not just for the show, but stay after the show. And continue to interact. Uh, interesting crowd there. A completely different dynamic than what you're going to run into with, uh, with with what we do with ours or even the the long form Discord. So. Um, you know, all three are going to be wildly different, and uh, you know, I think they're all great places to hang out. Shit, I even see say the uh, uh, Asian Turfgrass uh, Discord channel too. If you're not over there, I highly recommend checking it out. I'll throw a link to that. And no racist. Well. It's actually called that. What? what I, I, we, 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 I'm saying people. People no people might have canceled us for you for saying Asian Turfgrass or something. They just don't want I'm, to cancel. What what is it? What is I'm the just, rule? Um, uh, what do you, I, it's, it's like it's 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 the, the new you know how to um, uh, how to uh, hide your racism is it's like I can say Asian turf grass <laughs> <center laughs> because I'm married to an Asian. Is that is it like oh, do, yeah, I, do I get a yeah. bypass there? Yeah, that that, that rule and do I get a green card? Of course, I, damn it, Freudian slip. Sorry. Oh well, yeah, and uh, of course you, my you wife have didn't joke about a, that a lot. An actual Asian. Uh, on this panel right now. Oh yeah, that's right. There. I do too. <laughs> Sorry, Ray. I forgot you were Asian. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. I completely cool. forgot. What did I say? It, we never posted. Cool. That. We never posted that. Go. It's cool, Matt, that, uh... because you see, uh, you know, it's a it's a sign when I can walk into a waffle house <laughs> and I just blend right in. You know, I just blend right the hell oh, in. Shit. Oh man, <laughs> Ray is so redneck. I didn't even. I didn't no, even he didn't. Miss I was. I was I there for it. He walked forgot. in there in his cowboy boots, and and there was zero fucks given. All right. Speaking <laughs> of that topic, Jay Pink, throw this tweet up, and we'll talk about this, and then we've got a little uh, pizza pyramid to talk about it for this. All right. Now, Matt, you saw. Oh, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I did see this. And I think you said that you you audibly said, Grunt. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, as a... <laughs> as he take, then he takes that cigarette and he takes a big rip off of that, extinguishes it on its arm, then he starts... And then he then he starts then he starts hammering that keyboard. <laughs> now, listen. Okay, uh, click on uh, the uh, John Emerson tweet if you could, so we can kind of follow this back and see what is said. Slide on up there. So, the first tweet uh, is turf grass. Quote unquote. This is from Turf Truth. If you're listening on the audio ocean, audio only version of the podcast here, this is uh, turf grass managers are using a method using this method are wasting time, money, and likely contributing to non-point source pollution. Now, I don't know if I understand this. Matt, we had, we've had this discussion via text, and I'd like a little bit more context from you. Is Turf Truth saying that this is not bullshit? Or is it just, is, am I reading it wrong because it's like, a, like an inversion in the sentence, the way it's written? No, no, so, no, uh, what he's saying, he's, so he's quoting this study here, right? They. Uh, and so we, 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 we have to, we have to go back to the study to get a better, uh, understanding of what's going on. And this particular study is the, um, considerations with soil testing in turf grass. And so, uh, again, names that we have brought up here, sold that, uh, uh, Beth Girdle, um, uh, let's see any, anybody else we've mentioned here. I think Hopkins at BYU was, has showed up a couple times. And, uh, and so, Anyway, and what what I I did was uh, search the word wasting, and they're talking about SPE. What is SPE? I'm not sure. I have to look it up. I don't, I don't, I don't either. That's that's what I'm saturated right paste now. extract. Oh, extract. Ah, oh, there yes, you go. Yes, yes, yes. Saturated okay. paste extract. Right. That's uh, never heard it referred to as a, a SPE. But okay. So. <laughs> He is saying that the statement, and the statement here is, uh, is hang on, hang on, uh, and I'll, I'll read this again in totality. The most common justification for using soil paste extract to make fertilized rec- recommendations is that by mixing water with soil, the saturated paste test is mimicking what the plant actually sees. This sounds logical to a layperson, but ignores fundamental knowledge about soil science and plant nutrition. Laboratories and secondary parties that follow scientific principles do not use this method for nutrient recommendations. Turfgrass managers using this method are wasting time, money, and likely contributing to non-point source pollution. Interpretations from secondary parties are not always negative. However, in fact, a secondary party can improve on a laboratory's recommendation by using local knowledge and incorporating the latest scientific results that laboratories may be slower to adopt. It is up to the end so, user to determine if the secondary part is reliable or not. Blah 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 blah. So they're saying that the the, that, the, that's, the statement that's here bullshit. Yep. Uh, yeah. Saturated paste extract contract. is bullshit. But what about my, my soil? My soil. All right. Sorry. So, <laughs> oh, those poor guys. Um. All right. So let's go back to the the, the tweet here for a second, J Pink, and. So Patrick Beeman says, is there a good source for optimal nutrient levels for various turf types? Would MLSN minimum Shout levels out to Patrick nutrients? I f- legitimately, I fucking love Patrick Beeman. He's a lawn care guy, and he he gives a shit more than I would say 99% of lawn care guys out there. And I, I just want to say, I 
from the bottom of my heart, I legitimately love Patrick Beeman. I think he's awesome. That's all. All right. So, is there a good source for optimal blah, 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 blah? Okay. John Emerson, our guy, he's actually on the Dirty Deeds server. John, good evening to you, sir, if you're watching <laughs> or if you're going to watch this later on or something like that. But uh, Wait, John says, yes. Can we say that? What? Is it, what? Can we bleep that out? I don't know if we're allowed to say that. Beep. Beep. Ah, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm messing around. I'm messing around. I'm just kidding. It was a joke. Okay. Seriously. F FBI man is also on our server. And FBI man, thank you for being a part of this and caring about Turfgrass. At least pretending to. You really fit in so well as an undercover and you're blending in. Thank you. All right. Uh, truth be told, the FBI man's actually Sheila. And, you know, she just hasn't taken her underwear off of Puerto Ray yet. Uh, so, um, John is saying that MLS gui MLS and guidelines works for all grasses in any soil under any maintenance regime. That's a big statement. It's a, it is it's broad. A, wow. big, it is broad. It's a big yeah. statement. Huge. Uh, and Huge. I think, I think I know what he meant. I think he was trying to say that, you know, it's pretty ubiquitous. You can take it a lot of places, and it'll work in a lot of situations. I think that's what he meant. <laughs> but we all know, turf truth, for better or worse, they take everything to mean very literal, right? And so they didn't if like If there it. So was ever a up. superhero called Literal Man, uh, one would be Greek <laughs> Geek, without a doubt. Number two would be turf truth, would be, would be literal, literal Man. <laughs> Ah, yeah. All right. So, Turf Truth goes all the way up. He tilts it, right? It, he, he hit the, uh, you know, that thing with the hammer at the fairgrounds and the bell rang. <laughs> BS of nine, there is no evidence to support such a broad claim. Now, see, he qualifies it. He says, that's a pretty broad claim there, Emerson. You got you to gotta chill, you know, cool your jets. If convincing evidence exists, please provide it and we will reevaluate our rating. Okay. So, to John's point, uh, you know, MLSN is really only been, I, I wouldn't even call it widely adopted. I think that, you know, uh, Micah in our chat actually talked about uh, the gentleman over at Myerscuff in um, England that has a study out right now, or that was out a couple years ago about adoption and things like that. I haven't had a chance to look at that, and maybe we will here. Maybe we'll try and dive into that, see if I can go back and look that up. But in any event, gentlemen, here's the thing is the starting point of MLSN, I think, is important. I don't know. I, I think if you really want to live on the edge and, and all that kind of stuff, you can certainly use it. I personally um, am a little bit more inclined to, to lean down that low and, and feel okay about it, you know, for the most part. I think depending on your management strategy, whether, whether it's a short or long-term thing, what's your you know, intensity and frequency of applications are, like all those things go into it. I think painting with a broad brush with it could be a little bit dangerous, right? And this is the discussion that Ray and I were having the other night, Ray, is make your point mm -hmm. about you know, it being more in line with, uh, I think what you were saying was bent poet and not so much everything else, right? So that you, you took that any grasses literally too and you were kind of like eh, maybe not so much maybe not so much and the other consideration to me is 
if somebody wants to live on the edge or, or you know, ride the MLSN edge, they better have all of the support mechanisms in place for turf grass that is on the edge. I mean, if you're talking about your bent green or your seashore paspalum green that is uh, stimping above, uh, you know, USGA stimping standards. Stimping. stimping. Yes. Okay. Stimping. Sure. I, I'm not talking about that, man. That is deplorable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard that the first time, but, you know, but if you're talking about a high-performing golf green and you want that golf green to also be writing the MLSN, you know, levels of nutrition, you better have the agronomics and the resources in place to also support the grass. And I'm not just pulling this out of my ass because I've talked with golf people that have played the MLSN game and they soon find out that their grass is way more sensitive and susceptible to various diseases. And they, and you see, that was foreign to them previously because their program was SLAN, or else if not SLAN, it was, we're going to keep the grass from being starved for anything fuck the numbers and under that program <laughs> maybe they applied more fertilizers maybe they had to do more mowing but they were not dealing with certain diseases because you know what is the number one disease on on golf greens ryan that's a loaded question yeah, what is one of Sorry, what I'm is chewing. out of top five? Though, what is the top five? Top five on a cool on a cool season situation on a bent green on a bent uh, green. Yeah. Oh, on a bent green. Hmm. Uh, on a bent green, you're probably gonna say ugh, take all. Not this isn't in any order, but uh, take all. Uh, Waitia. Uh, maybe brown patch, mm -hmm. maybe dollar spot, maybe. Okay, actually, um, okay, stop right there. Stop right there because here's what I've seen in the turf grass industry, I want to say in the last, you know, 15, 20 years. I've seen how dollar spot has really risen to prominence and the dollar spot is a disease that i call dollar spot almost an opportunist and of course dollar spot to me is my indicator that something else in the agronomic program is not quite there and needs a little tweaking I mean, I take dollar spot as a sign. I mean, I don't take it as a, oh my God, uh, there's a disease and 
what do we do? I mean, and if and if I'm the one managing that turf area, uh, I'm looking at myself thinking, uh-oh, I messed up. You know, that, that's how I take Dollar Spot because Dollar Spot tells me there's too much water. Uh, temperatures are in the right range for it to develop. And then the one that is on me is my nutrient levels are going too low. Okay? Now, That's how I take now, the other spot. <laughs> Matt, let me ask this. is Why did you, without being too critical, and I know that's asking a lot. No, no, no. Us, but... One is, is the, uh, the uh, literal man intensity, right, is, was the initial groan. Right, because we went from a one to a nine, and I gave the, and to give a little context there is that I know Beeman personally, so I know he's a lawn care guy that's dealing with Bermuda grass, tall fescue, zoysia grass, and centipede, all in his area, and so I'm fairly certain when I read that, <clears throat> and I see UD turf guy, I'm thinking, okay. Um, we have an, an extension agent, uh, that, uh, is in a former golf course superintendent, probably thinking, uh, uh, golf course species, right? And a lot of times you're not going to see centipede in there. You're, you're going to see limited amounts of zoysia grass, depending on where you are. Right. And so, <clears throat> uh, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Patrick, Patrick did specify residential turf. <clears throat> But I think I think centipede is the wild card there, and uh, I think <laughs> again I think Turf Truth took it aggressively now, and I think the nuance that should have been supplied also on yes MLSN guidelines works for all grasses in any soil under any maintenance is uh, and and I think Emerson did a good job of following this up where he said um, let me rephrase. Uh, and this is after he got the score BS of nine. He said MLSM was developed using a 90% probability that turf quality will remain high without incurring nutrient deficiencies and that it should work on all soils. No way to test soil, uh, no way to soil test every inch of land on earth where grass is grown. Some assumptions have to be made. <clears throat> so, in, in, anyway, in turf truth, it goes on to that. But I think as a, uh, as a, as a, as a, a starting point, and uh, again, what one of the big things I think is a giant misconception about MLSM, which was my original one, was that I thought those figures specified in the MLSM guidelines was what were, were the optimal nutrient levels. And if you look at the question that Beeman asked, Beeman said, is there a good source for optimal nutrient levels for various turf types? Emerson's response was MLSN. I think in that instance, it is easy to conflate that what uh, Emerson was saying was that MLSN guidelines is the optimal nutrient levels. And in conversations with Micah directly and or publicly, you know, Micah has, has uh, even on here on the show, has said uh, out loud or, or pub publicly stated that, no, that is not the level you want to maintain at that is going to be your critical level of where you begin to see deficiency symptoms, right? So we know with a high degree of confidence, the closer we get to that, the greater the probability of seeing deficiency symptoms. 
And and then if you look at a lot of the data that was aggregated to uh, to publish the MLSN, you know, you'll see, you'll start seeing, like for instance, as you get down to you know 50 parts per million of potassium, for instance, you're going to start seeing wild card uh, deficiency symptoms beginning beginning to uh, to show up, and uh, you know you're going to see the same things on on phosphorus in in certain instances, right? And then where it gets kind of weird is that then you've got I I believe it was Soldat who was looking at running things all the way down to like three parts per million, for instance, and uh, and and not uh, and it, it took till three parts per million until you started inducing phosphorus deficiency. So as far as a guideline, I, I think, in my opinion, that him saying is that as a guideline for all grasses in any soil under any maintenance re- regime, I don't think that's all that highly inaccurate. Uh, I think I think as a, as a guideline and, a, and especially a starting point, yeah, hundred percent. That it, it, my opinion, of course, is that yes, I think that is the the safest bet as a starting point. Um, But again, nuance, right? Because what you're not taking into account there is going to be the um, relationships even within species of just various cultivars that are going to have uh, various uh, nutrient removal rates, right? And I I cannot remember, I'm going off my memory here, but if I recall correctly, uh, I think, for instance, Patriot Bermuda grass. Um, and what's interesting is that, did you know, uh, Donald Trump actually is the one who developed Patriot, uh, uh, Bermuda grass. I'm just kidding. I made that up. Uh, I did that actually just to <laughs> piss driver off. Uh, anyway, I think Patriot Bermuda grass, the nutrient removal rate, as far as indicate was almost one-to-one. Now, I, I also going off memory, if I recall correctly, that study was not a long-term uh, study. So what we may see even is a varying degree of nutrient removal rates from season one to season two to season three. And we just don't have that data to say that. So you know, I'm, I'm actually playing both sides of the aisle here. I, I get why Turf Truth jumped on this immediately and, and in an aggressive way. But at the same time, I also agree with Emerson that as far as a starting point and a guideline, that if you're, if you're throwing darts at a dartboard, you 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 might as well put up the the handicap bumpers at the at the bowling alley uh, to at least get the ball in contact with the pins, and uh, instead of just uh, gutter dumping it every time you know you 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 take a shot at the dark right. And I think MLSN is the is the bumper at the bowling alley to keep you from uh, 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 keeping it in the gutter. It's my opinion, of course. You know that is uh, where. I have to also be very cautious about the implementation of MLSN because what I have seen is how MLSN then gets misused by regulatory authorities to state that if you are at this minimum level of a nutrient, then that is actually your stopping point where if you're at that minimum, you don't need any more where Matt, you and I have talked about this. And when we're talking about ornamental turf, that is not under very high levels of agronomic management. We tend to think of the MLSN as do not cross below this line because you do so at your own peril. Am I right? Yes. And 
and, and yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna parlay this into two questions uh, uh, that that we've got in the chat here. Both of these are great, right? So Timmy mm -hmm. said, um, LCOs who properly handled lawns during previous seasons could go years without applying pure K. And he's saying the issue with K specifically is um, uh, it's uh, uh, it, it's more mobile, right? And I'm gonna say yes, 100%. You are yes. correct, uh, but but uh, where you also have to take into account is going to be the cation exchange capacity of the soil too. And if you are, but let me let me put it this way: there is regionally that again that was me making too broad of a statement i'll I, I agree here timmy that i am i am eating exactly my own words exactly like emerson has to right here uh, that is too broad of a statement for me to make like for instance patrick beeman in the piedmont area of north carolina um he pretty much has to apply potassium with just about every application because he has some of the the the, the shittiest, quickest to, to leach potassium soil you've ever seen. Um, and you know, trying to keep it above 50 parts per million is just an absolute nightmare. So, yes, in the throughout the majority of areas that are going to be dealing with native soil and residential lawn care, uh, and and you have somewhat of a of a of a decent, and I mean just remotely decent level of organic matter. It's not going to be to the point where you're going to be writing 35 parts per million of potassium at the the um, uh, uh, critical level of deficiency, right? So if you took a season off and just went within, are you going to drive it down to 30 parts per million? Probably not. Is it possible? It depends. 100%. It, de it depends, Matt. It totally depends because you see, when I talk about agronomic, uh, you know, inputs and levels of, you know, agronomy the other factors that i think about when looking at nutrient levels is clipping removal i always got to look at that because like i said you know er in earlier shows my most deficient and messed up lawns and landscapes are the ones where the practice was to strip off all of the grass clippings every month twice a month and that is how that landscape has been maintained since its installation i mean i get to see you know when when people do that i get to see turf grass alternating between straw colored and purple and you know how you know what that's <laughs> caused by that is caused by a severe lack of both potassium and phosphorus and that's a good point too, where maintenance is going to play into this as well too. Yeah, um, yeah, because because you see, I always have to, you know, put everything that I hear into those contexts because, of course, I've seen what happens when the agronomics are taken to certain extremes. Like, for example, you can be very loosey goosey and casual with your nutrients provided your clippings are never removed. But in my case, where I've had to deal with situations where clippings were removed, wow, I mean, you know, Matt, before I used to do my own mowing, I could not be late on any of my fertilizer applications ever. And you know why? 
because, because of the amount of removal that was taking place. Yes, yeah. I mean, because it, would, it got to the point where I knew I was late because I'd finally get back to that lawn and the lawn was either starting to turn straw-colored or purple or under worse circumstances, I get a call about those funny little inch-sized uh, white spots forming in the lawn and I go and look and, uh-oh, I got dollar spot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yikes. You know, yikes. I mean, and that is where, you know, this all kind of comes together for me in that that to me was my illustration of nutrient levels, agronomic practices, and condition of the turf all coming together, you know, in one complete picture. You know, that's that's like my lesson whereas for me here's what i do for myself i manage water manage light and for fuck's sake return the clippings back to the soil you know? two 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 more inputs <laughs> here because turf truth is actually chiming in now he's giving his take and uh but mm -hmm. first i want to say this scott had an mlsn question if you were in yes. a nutrient surplus across the spectrum could you simply spoon feed straight in until all other other uh, all other levels approach minimums, then pick back up on other macros? Yes, uh, I think yep, you I could. Think that, that is exactly the the way to play that. Then Turf Truth said, "We stated to Beeman, MLSN is a reasonable starting point when no valid local numbers exist, but to claim MLSN works on all soils and turf is an extraordinary claim that requires extraordinary evidence." And Yes, I agree. I see Emerson's point as well too. It it was it was way too broad of a statement to go out with, uh, and so I'm I'm 100 playing both sides of the aisle here. Um, I get I get why Turf Truth ramped up. Is is a BS of nine the the fairest take on that? I don't know. I might push back on <laughs> on that on that Turf Truth. Uh, maybe well, it's I'll, a little harsh. I'll give, you a, I'll give you a seven five. How about them apples? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, uh, and so this guy and this is this is interesting too. It I did not see be... his follow-up tweet either uh, to to Beeman, so I also missed that. Oh, was there a follow-up? Let's see yes. about that, too. Well, dive into that there real quick, J-Pink. If you can go back to the tweet and click through. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Let me uh, rephrase, yeah, go, go, and I'll, I'll go back to um, uh, Beeman's tweet uh, or, or question. All right, so if you, if you click Emerson's there, uh, that should take you to, to Beeman's. Uh, head on up there and then hit hit the replies to uh, to Beeman's uh, question there. We need to get the uh, Turf Truth the MySpace page. We really need to work oh, on that this year. I, yeah, okay. So Turf Truth actually gave my exact argument. <laughs> the link document provides a good review of how to acquire these. Contact your local soil turf specialist. If none exist, then MLSN provides a reasonable starting point. Okay. What is this here? Blah, 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 blah. Value. I, I like Kyle's take here too. The value of MLSN is not just the values themselves, but methods used to determine the values. MLSN is calibrated for low CEC soils that aren't common in home lawns. Uh, test good performing areas of your own turf track data and establish what your own minimum levels might be. That's good. I, I think that's extremely fair too. Okay. Um, Kyle touched on a very good point. And you know a why? Bit more complex too. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That is because. These numbers are derived again from 
highly maintained golf fairways and golf greens. And when I see a highly maintained golf green and a highly maintained fairway, I'm automatically thinking sand-based media that is maintained to not have a lot of organic matter, which is completely the opposite of your average home lawn, which may or may not have regular applications of Miramichi green on it. <laughs> Are you... I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. I just had to put wait, that wait, in. Wait, wait, How thick is your <laughs> wallet right now? And I can give you the rate, the appropriate rate. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say. Ron's uh, well, the, the world there's MLSN right and then there's RLSN which is Ron's level of sucker nutrients right <laughs> suckers <laughs> Look at it. Sucker, how, thick, how thick is your wallet because I can give you the appropriate rate for applying uh, uh, Miramichi green too because in fact the way the way it was taught to me was uh, literally all you can afford is the uh, is the appropriate rate? So um, that's sure that's the right answer, that. right? There's a body yeah, of evidence to support that too. <laughs> <laughs> a body of evidence known as my EBITDA for uh, <laughs> golf course lawn academy. <laughs> now, anyway, uh, here's what I was going to say: is that I, this would be interesting because uh, I know that uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I think he's confirmed right now that uh, um. Dr. Shaddix is going to come on uh, February 16th and talk about the paper that we talked about last week, which I thought was really interesting. And I kind of want to back up into, and I'll preview a little bit of you know what I want to talk about with that, is there's a lot of things that would be underlying that they probably don't know right from that that we're extrapolating out, right? So that you know there are courses that are, that are soil testing that are using more nutrients, and there are... So, courses that aren't soil testing that are using less nutrients why is that and then also just like general turf health questions like okay we're we're using more we're using less but is the turf healthy we don't know right i don't know that we have you know some of that data i, I don't know um what goes into that same thing could be said too and uh i know that dr woods would like to come on at some point we're going to try and confirm him here for some time in february uh or early march but you know the data set that was used from Brookside to establish uh, MLSN. I'm not trying to call it into question, but I, I think to Ray's point, right? Uh, basically, they took that data set of, uh, I think it was about 16,000 samples, you know, roughly. Again, just generalizing, so don't hold me to, you know, to the fire here. But mm -hmm. uh, the idea there was that they tried to establish a confidence interval, right, of 90%, kind of drop off the, the top five, bottom 5%, roughly, and then... Um, basically said that hey the rest of these all of these are good performing turf right as evidenced by the people that submitted it you know so there was no poor samples or no average samples and they were good performing turf and i think in some you know conversations i've had with dr woods over the years you know has been that same thing right like hey i've got native soil in ohio and you know generally like lawn height grass you know this was back in my parks days when i had you know two and a half inch you know cool season mix and trying to you know manage on a fertilizer budget that was not going to be able to do everything that we wanted it to do across 135 acres. So, you know, the question was posed to him, and and I'll let him speak when he comes on the show. But the idea was is that if it can work in a low CEC soil under high intensity management, in theory, it should work in a lower intensity management 
under higher CEC soils, right, that can hold those nutrients longer and potentially not necessarily elevate levels or anything like that, but, uh, you know, the the rate of, uh, I don't even know, where the idea that, that, that those are going to, uh, you know, come down quickly, like, for example, with pea, you know, as opposed to, yeah. uh, like, a cal, you know, calcareous sand or something like that, it's not going right. to move quite as much, right? So anyway, go on. Yeah, it it all has to do with, you know, whenever I, I I hear people talking about nutrient levels, my mind is immediately going towards, okay, what is my estimated rate of nutrient removal? How many how much nutrients mm-hmm. is being removed from that area? Okay, I mean that that's that's always my question. Where again, it goes back to. What I always say about how if I'm talking about a general, normally maintained turf area where clippings aren't removed and the turf is otherwise very gently used, sure. I mean, your rate of nutrient depletion or nutrient removal is low, but then you come to the kinds of lawns that I see where every single last fucking grass clipping is picked up, then it's a different deal. Likewise, on a golf green where it's mowed daily, if not twice a day, and all the clippings are removed at every mowing as well, then you're also getting into the situation of nutrient removal. I mean, that is the thing that is, you know, when people prescribe fertility levels, they are never thinking about the amount of nutrient removal. They're just throwing out a number and seeing if it sticks. Whereas for me, I always ask, what are the other agronomic practices? Because if somebody is actively removing nutrients, their program is very different from the minimally maintained and gently used turf area. Well, and I guess here, here's, here's my, my broader point, and I'm, I'm really excited to discuss it you know, with both these, you know, if we can. And I'd love if Turf Truth can give their feedback too as we go, because I, I think that what both of these are is at worst – they're good starting points, right? So from uh, Dr. Shaddix's work, you know, what he did with Brian Unruh and the others is give us a starting point. We've now got 15 years, right, of a time lapse between the first part of that, uh, the first iteration of that survey and the last iteration of that survey. Hopefully we'll go another five, six, seven years and do it again to see those changing trends. But I think there's an opportunity there to ask some deeper questions and understand, you know, what else is going on at some of these courses you know, and also too, from a research standpoint, and particularly one of Dr. Shaddix's, uh, you know, uh, uh, babies, right, is extension, right? And if you don't know, if you're listening to us and don't know what extension is, there's a part of uh, land grant universities, right, where they have to do, you know, basic three three tenant functions that they have. One is teaching, which is pretty obvious. You know, you're teaching undergrads, graduate students, all that. Research, which is, you know, trying to understand prove or disprove the science behind, you know, whatever your discipline is, in this case, turf grass science. And the third one is maybe the most important is extension. And I say it's the most important because 
you can do the greatest research in the world, but if you can't get it out there for people to hear, see, and adopt and, and put into practice, you know, from a professional standpoint, uh, a homeowner standpoint, whatever that, uh, whoever those practitioners are, I don't want to say it's irrelevant because it can move the needle in academia to ask better questions and improve on what science is out there. But, you know, I think most part, most parties uh, involved in research want to see some of that be applied right out in the field. And certainly this, I, I'm sure and uh, that we'll get questions from both the audience and we'll, you know, I'm sure even Dr. Shaq's probably going to say, hey, there's some things in here I'd love to know more about. And hopefully it gives us an avenue to go down, other researchers to go down an avenue of, okay, well, why is it that, you know, so, uh, uh, golf courses, uh, that, that soil test, you know, put out comparatively more nutrients than those that don't? And what would be the resultant problems that they might face on either end of that spectrum related to agronomic issues, right? And or operational costs that go higher because they're not putting enough down, they're putting too much down, they're putting just the right amount down, who knows, right? And those are the things that'll be interesting to find out. Same thing goes with MLSN, right? You know, so as it becomes adopted at, yeah. at a wider scale, right? And I think this was the interesting part of some of the comments that uh, Dr. Woods had on the server, uh, on, the, on the Dirty Deeds server here with, with us was, you know, that uh, one of the things that, you know, he hears a lot is that uh, um, N or nitrogen is always caught up in this, this whole cycle of, well, you know, you need to apply less N, this, that, and the other thing. And it gets conflated with growth potential in uh, MLSN, right? So to be clear, and, you know, once he comes on, we'll, we'll talk more about this, but it's a good segue so that uh, our audience is primed and, and ready to listen to those talks and in the right mindset if they want to do further research or um, look into it, you know, on their own time. But the idea that um, essentially that, you know, nitrogen is its own thing. It's separate completely from MLSN. You know, they're looking solely at macronutrients outside of N. And when we get into nitrogen, that's where, you know, we've talked before about the pace growth potential, all that sort of thing. And, oh, we're getting some tweets coming through. Look at this. Okay. Uh-oh. It, is this coming it, in hot? I mean, oh. this is, if Turf Truth is still here, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put up a, another, another tweet here. And this is fairly identical to, uh, it's a continuation of what we saw from, uh, from John Emerson here. Micah made a very broad statement of a nice approach that works for any grass anywhere. Uh, SLAN is very regional, impossible to define. Churchill says, we suppose it depends on what you mean by works. And I'm trying to think of where uh, oh, works. Okay, what it means by works. But the fact that you continue to make these MLSN claims without providing an iota of evidence is disappointing. Evidence published in a reputable turf grass journal is all we ask. And and I, I think it's the it's the broadness of the statement there, right? Because um, it, you know, it was like oh, again, I'll go back to the to the potassium studies. You know, was that replicated across uh, various cultivars of Bermuda grass? Was that replicated across various cultivars of zoysia grass? Was it was it did it show up in any any um, uh, studies on on Saint Augustine or centipede? And you know, the, the answer is. No, that, not that I'm aware of. Uh, you know, on residential turf in uh, uh, native soils, did it, did, it show, did it show up in residential turf? No, it didn't. So it is. It's an extremely broad claim to make. And I'll, I'll yes, I, it is a, a broad claim to make. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the other side of this too. And, and I think, I think Turf Truth even, even kind of played the other side of it too in his response to, to, to Beeman. 
was that uh, MLSN provides a reasonable starting point. Reasonable, yes. Uh, and, and I and I and I, I I sense the criticism in the in the the choice of the word reasonable there, and I understand why the the, the, the from the perspective of purely evidence based decision making, I understand the 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 use of the word reasonable there. Um, and I think from a turf truth perspective of only uh, I, 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 utilizing a body of evidence to uh, make a claim uh, is is understandable, right? So it's it's in it's in line with uh, you know you you use the evidence in front of you to make to make the claim, right? Or as as uh, you know we can say use the science, however you want to however you want to phrase it. But um, anyway, guys, is this are you seeing the same thing here? Just you know, kind of rinse, recycle, repeat, and Micah make yeah, up uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the claim that Emerson is. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I yeah. see it. I see it. And, of course, what I read into it is everyone has to understand what context MLSN is developed in. And, of course, until... I see actual work done outside of a sand-based golf system. I'm going to utilize MLSN very carefully. And here's the other thing, too, is that I I can tell you that I do not have the balls. Uh, If if I was still in Augusta, Georgia, and ran a route, and 50% of my route was centipede, Ten uh, percent of my route, twenty percent of my route was Saint Augustine, and the balance of it was primarily Bermuda and a and a pinch of zoysia. Under no circumstance would I ever f around and find out about uh, running down soil K levels to 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 fifty or thirty parts per million on on centipede. I just I couldn't <laughs> psychologically I can't do that you know and it's okay and it's not it's not for any other reason than it's just the the mental uh, fuckery that goes on with with that specific grass type like you know I'm I'm not going to make a whole lot of uh, 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 brain decisions there you know where I'm like I don't know about that I'm gonna try this anyway I did that and you know what it got me it got me a shitload of dead grass that I had to deal with so. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a space I want to mess around with. And so again, I, 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 I get it in trying to develop, you know, uh, uh, in, in, in take into account an anecdotal, uh, approach here. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very difficult and broad statement to make to say that it works for any grass anywhere. Um, because we, what we don't know is is 33 parts per million or 31 parts per million K the critical level of deficiency uh, of, of, um, you know, beginning to see deficiency symptoms in centipede grass. We just don't know. Or in Zoysia or in, or in Zoysia. Bermuda or in, or in St. Augustine. I mean, and again, this is all taking something developed in an entirely different different context okay and do you know what my nervousness is about playing mlsn you know what my nervousness is from 
I don't have an army of staff to clean up the fuck up that happens when the turf actually goes down. Golf courses have that. It's Golf courses have, not... have that have that resource. They got that resource. So well, yeah, they I can ride the edge. They can ride I, the edge. I don't think it's about I don't think it's about riding the edge. I think it's more about the like what Matt was saying. It's a bumper, it's a guardrail, right? So like and if you do read a lot of what Micah says, his his premise, right, is that as you look at nutrient removal and you understand consumption, right, that you can calculate and say, Oh, hey, listen. All right, I'm, you know, I'm X, you, you, you walk yourself across that equation. I'm here at this level right now. If I'm collecting clippings or I'm doing whatever right to this point, by this date, right, in theory, I should have to make my next application to, you know, not be that at that level. Now, you want to set a safety factor and throw in, you know, 10%, 20%, whatever. I don't think it's going to, it's certainly still going to be below slan if you, you know, look at it that way. The soil level will yeah, be Even if you double it. Yeah, I'll see if I can look this up real quick. By the way, if you don't have it, just get yourself one. You know, <laughs> you got you got to have it. I'll I'll shelf all day for the. Do Ricky we even know? Like, uh, I I'm looking right now. Do we even know what the nutrient removal rate of centipede is? Um, I'm I'm looking. I can't find anything that, that definitively states what exactly that is. Okay, Matt. You probably won't all of your find dignity. It's what it takes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you probably won't find it because centipede grass. It's not sexy in study. No, it's co- not commonly a golf turf. It's yeah. not a golf turf, and because yeah, it's not yeah. a golf turf, they ain't gonna put in the money for it. And then, likewise for Saint Augustine, because it's not a golf turf normally, they ain't gonna put in the money. Ah. Uh, I know Michael Woods has been working with a lot of researchers in Asia to figure out all of these physiological details about zoysia. You know, that's what I that's what I know Michael Wood, you know, for doing is that he he works a lot with uh, the researchers in Asia to you know learn more about zoysia. Of course. My misgiving is that the the numbers and the work and the data has not been as developed and mature as it is for Bermuda or Bent. And likewise, there's not a lot of good data for Cesar Paspalum either. Again, yeah, that's a that's an, another one where it's going to be hard to point at and say yeah 100 percent that you know this as a as a floor you can you can guarantee that with 90 percent certainty that you know <laughs> having a a, a a k level of 50 parts per million you know you're not going to induce deficiency it's a broad statement it's it's a strong statement um Mm-hmm. Uh, w- one benefit to this that I, I will say is that Jay Pink was uh, continuing to scour around here, and he found um, a gentleman by the name of uh, of Chuck Barber here, and Chuck is a golf oh, course superintendent. Chuck. And he said, Doctor uh, Doctor Woods, uh, he, uh, referring to Micah Woods here, uh, possibly deflecting ownership of the Turk Truth account here. So what we see, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here, is that. Um, uh, maybe that uh, this has been pawned off as Michael Woods arguing with himself. I can get out from underneath the blanket of being turf truth as well. So uh, I don't buy that at all. No, 
you know, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. That's a lot of mental gymnastics. I mean, you you really, yeah. That's that's, and I don't think so. Um, so real quick, maybe within, maybe in June of this year, I'll finally come clean and admit that I'm turf truth. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> after several hours of torture of an entire carton of Marlboro cigarettes put out on your arm, you'll cave finally. <laughs> I will. I, w- I would uh, prefer Maverick red shorts. You know, they. I like the. I like the hat filters. It just makes me is that, sexy. Is that, is that it? Would you, uh, would you unpack in the Real book, qu- in the Bible? Oh, here we go on the uh, on Malik three. Okay. And this is on. Uh, they actually break it down here in the table by uh, sands and most soils, and then fine textured soils. Okay. Um. And it qualifies that by saying soils with higher K retention and fixing abilities that contain greater than 35% clay. So that's how they, that's how they characterize a fine textured soil. Uh, so on the uh, sands and most soils here, we're uh, 26 to 50, uh, 51 to 116 and 116 and above. That is the low, medium, and high for Malik 3 on potassium. And I think you're what thirty-seven. You say, say that again. On, Please repeat that again slowly and and articulate it well, so it'll all sink into all of our brains. Sands and most soils, mm-hmm. K levels Malik three, mm-hmm. zero to twenty-five, very low. Mm-hmm. Twenty-six to fifty, low. Mm-hmm. Fifty-one to one hundred and sixteen, moderate. Mm-hmm. Above one hundred and sixteen, high. I I mean I I I agree with that. That uh, and probably because it's I've read that before, but you know, I in my opinion and I've said this out loud is that I don't start thinking about K until I broach 100 parts per million of potassium. That was always like my you know, like, okay, eh, I'm going to buy my next round of fertilizer is going to have K in it. You know, 100 to 120 that is my, I guess my, right when I go under 100 is when I become alarmed regarding K levels. And Ryan, would you uh, please continue? Was, yes. was there a section in that, oh, yeah, uh, on that table regarding fine textured soils or... Oh, oh. oh. Oh yeah, let's yes, that. because basic, because basically... Ray can read the book without actually looking at it because well, he's <laughs> fucking Ray. So they these are generally about uh, thirty five to forty percent higher. So this is uh, Malik three on fine textured soil. Again, those having uh, a clay content greater than thirty five percent. So here we go. Very low, zero to forty. Low, forty one to seventy five. Moderate, mm-hmm. seventy six to one hundred and seventy five. And greater than 176 is going to be our fine textured K Malik 3 slan numbers here. Let's switch okay. over here. One thing, one thing I want to point out about fine textured soils is what percentage of people think they have fine textured oh soils versus Fuck. percentage of people that actually have fine textured soils. The amount of problems that are blamed on I got clay soil are actually oh a lot of fucking silt. God, it is yeah. unbelievable. It, it, yeah, it is quite. You see, mo- most of these people 
have never actually seen soil where when it gets wet, it becomes the texture of grease. The same thing They've happens never... to me when I get wet. Oh. <laughs> I was on mute. Sorry, thought I was on mute. Oh. <laughs> We did not hear that. One too, okay, say, uh, one too many stops there. at the one, one too many trips to the showers at the pilot on the way to Cookville. <laughs> the Bucky's is my is my new go to. Oh, the Bucky's, yeah, yeah. I brought a whole showers in the. It's, it's just it's real wild Pe- in there now. Yeah, the Peterbilts are a lot bigger there. <laughs> but seriously, yeah. a lot of these Peter, Peter a lot of these people of a, that hell of a beard claim to have. Clay soils, they actually, they don't really have clay soils. Oh, yeah. But I can tell you that, for example, I have clay soils, and so Ryan was about to talk about phosphorus. <laughs> well, yes. before I talk about phosphorus, let's, hey, listen, let's flip the script this year, okay? Well, while we're on this subject of physical properties of soil, let's flip the script this year, and let's tell everybody, listen. If you don't want to do a uh, soil nutrient test, and you have in the past, go, if you've done it the last two years, go ahead and skip it this year. Do yourself a favor, spend that 30 40 bucks, and get yourself a physical analysis of your soil. And let's see what you're actually uh, Good call, mm. man. Good call. Let's I see what that. you got. No jar test. No, no, no in between the fingers. Shake or, and bake. Yeah, yeah. Don't, none of none of that shit. None of it. Like you know, holding it up to you know the waning crescent moon, and you know, standing on one <laughs> foot while you got your left nut hanging out of your shorts or something like that. Well, speaking Latin, <laughs> yeah, Matt can do that. Actually, that whole thing I just described, and when you threw the Latin on there, no, no, Matt can do it all. Spiritu <laughs> <laughs> Matt's going to do an entire mass under the moonlight to figure <laughs> out what the soil comes out. <laughs> but there's going to be so, some Calvinist yes, in the if you're chat listening, executes me. If you're listening at home, that's our that's our charge for this year. Soil physical test. We'll talk about that here on an upcoming episode. That'll be fun. All right, back to phosphorus real quick. Okay. I can give you the Bray of the Olsen or the Mate 3. We're going to go Mate 3 to keep everything, you know, normalized here. Consistent, yes. Uh, <laughs> yep. All right. So uh, these guys say on the slam here, 0 to 12, very low. 13 to 26, low. 27 to 54, medium. Uh, and greater than 55 for your high. So I think, if I remember correctly, I'm doing this off of memory, 18 is the number for uh mlsn and you know if you're a a sold at fan you'll know that he's got bet poa and sand that's down at like four or five something ridiculously low and it hangs in there just fine now when it gets down to like three i think three or four is like the critical value so it's a real real tight rope he's walking yeah three to four is when is when bent turns purple and of course for our listeners Different turf types have a different phosphorus requirement. I've I've observed that over the years. You know, I've observed that. I mean, different turf types have a different need. I 
it's it's hard to argue against that. Um, yeah, they, they have a in fact, it's impossible to argue. You cannot argue against that. Without a doubt, anybody that's treated more than one turf type has seen that there are different fertility requirements for different species. Even it gets even more nuanced with cultivars. And I, and I think the easiest thing to point at would be uh, the latest uh, cold tolerant, uh, cold tolerant, cold tolerant uh, Bermuda grasses, right? Like where, for instance. Once you get to a certain uh, 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 not very green uh, tiff tuff, you're not going to get it any greener. And uh, and it doesn't matter whether you starve the hell out of it or you feed the hell out of it. You, what you got is kind of what you get with uh, with with tiff tuff, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and which is going to be wildly different than if you're dealing with the old with four nineteen or whatever you know. So you're you're starting to get really into the into into some nuance there of of can we, can we rephrase it in debate tell me i'm i may be conflating too much at this point is would you could could you quantify or qualify the mlsn as a um a method of determining the probability of fertilizer application response of response uh-huh i think <laughs> Uh no, you could. Okay. I don't think you could qualify it as that. Mm. I think you could qualify uh, yeah. it as it would be. It's an important piece of information, a hugely important data set that is a good starting point. And I don't know that. Uh, I don't know. I I, w- I would love to ask that to Micah, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. No, really is like what is the what's the end game? I like. I guess here's my question. Like, two questions is what is what is MLSN two point What does that look like? Is that going regionally nationally like where where do you start to kind of filter down and go down the funnel right and where does that end up what's the what's the path there to greatest results and turf right but also uh greatest impact to you know the scrutiny that we're all under related to you know nutrients or you know financial whatever like there's a whole there's a whole host of reasons why you would want to go and look at that and be a little bit more precise both regionally by turf grass species, by um, cultivar, even right to the extent possible that you could. So what was said there, right, uh, in in a couple of those tweets was, you know, find, you know, just use that as a guidepost, right? Find a good performing area in your turf, find a poor performing area, sample those, and look at the results and see what the differences are. And here's the other thing too is that, again, I and not that. Uh, you know, Mikey doesn't advocate this, not that Dr. Shaddix doesn't advocate for this. Like there's, uh, I, I think this is all underpinned by the fact that nutrients and fertility are very, very important to turf grass growth, especially under high stress environments or high management levels. That all being said, there's a whole bunch of other shit that you need to do to manage healthy turf grass, right? And you can't just sit there and say, well, if you get the MLSN right, or if you get the slan right, or if you do like, I mean, go into your boss, right? Go uh, to uh, the general manager at the golf course or go in there to naked man trying to hand you a check and be like, man, I don't know why your lawn or your putting green looks like shit. Our slam numbers are right on. It just ain't going to work, man. It, 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 so the, the, the practical side of all this, and this is, you know, when, when it comes to turf truth, and this is, uh, I, I, I see the point. The greater point that that he was trying to make with Emerson, kind of circled this all back and wrapped this piece of it up. I see the point that he or she was trying to make, or they were trying to make. My problem with it is just that 
yes, it is a it is too broad of a statement. It does need to be called BS, but it is working in the sense that uh, it's providing a, a lower limit for people, and they can use it that way. And I would also hope too that you know practitioners everywhere have to sort of figure out their own way because here's the other thing is that I've said this before about turf truth. Um, you know, we neither have either the means in most cases or the methods in some other, in a fewer case, a fewer cases to establish what these things are, right? So whether it's, you know, nutrient levels, whether it's, you know, Anderson's and Nutrien and CF Industries and all these other guys aren't stepping up to the plate saying, hey, let's see how low you can go with that phosphorus or that potassium, huh? That sounds like some research we want to fund. Fuck no, they're not. Right, so here's where the money's going to come from. It's going to be interesting to watch this play out, in, especially in different areas of the country, spe- specifically Middle America and the Midwest. And I think there's going to be a Whoa. lot of good research that comes out of this. I be- I just saw because, a hot take. Because okay, <laughs> spicy take. I see. Super it. I'll, spicy. I'll read it back. I'll read it back here in a second. And I and I kind of agree with it too. It's interesting. And I agree but, with it too as well. <laughs> so here's the thing: is that a lot of this research is going to have to come out of. Uh, States, grants, the governments, things like that, that want to research water quality, right? That is the vehicle to getting this done because you're not going to have industry step up and give soft money to look at ways to apply less. It's not in their best interest. And whether somebody wants to admit that or not as an academic, I get why you wouldn't want to. That all being said, there's a ton of money out there that's already available that's going to continue to become available because of the water quality issues, right? and the target the turf grass has on their back. It's already happening in ag. It's been happening now for better part of 10 years, at least here in Ohio and some surrounding states. Uh, Brian Horgan, uh, who I'm sure Micah and Travis know pretty well. Brian Horgan was up at the University of Minnesota, now he's down at Michigan State. Brian was doing work on that stuff fucking years ago, like 15, 20 years ago, right? In Minnesota, in an area that went through a phosphorus ban, went through a lot of uh, you know, legal and, and uh, regulatory challenges, because of some of this stuff, and now it's just continuing to, to bread out, right? So let's mm-hmm. read this hot take. Sorry to go on such the soliloquy there, but I had to get that all out. Uh, let's see. I got to jump in the chat here. I, oh, where did it go in the chat? It's not showing in my chat, and I just don't know if it hasn't well, populated yet, but uh, I saw it on the, actually, on the screen. It says, actually, MLSN uh, is a hypothesis. It may be correct or it may not be. It is not a conclusion. Until we see published evidence, it will remain a, a hypothesis. So, all right, here would be my question to Turf Truth. And I'd ask this, too, to Dr. Shaddix and to do- Dr. Woods as well. And, and maybe not, do- I think, um, it, do- Dr. Shaddix, it would be more about his paper that he was, uh, you know, one of the lead authors on here recently. And, do- and Dr. Woods would be more so about MLSN, and I'd ask about both, right, because I'm sure that Turf Truth is aware of both, and it would be, what would be the first question uh, in the first experiment set up and design that you would, you would do for MLSN to investigate the next step? What would that be? And I'm not trying to be controversial or be uh, confrontational. No, no, it's no, more I, to understand I, what, is, what is that next step. Like, how do we take this from hypothesis you know, what is the question that we're trying to solve for? Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I have my own thoughts. You know, I think, I, I think you go where, um, it, obviously the money's in golf, right? And golf greens and things like that. And that's where a lot of it's been centered and focused. But think about how much fertilizer on a, you know, per capita per acre basis gets applied to 
lawns, right? And is there a greater opportunity there to, you know, plug a hole uh, in terms of whether it's financial, in terms of it's environmental, whatever the case might be. So I'm anxious to hear that. If you want to email us and we don't have to talk about it right now, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I would love to know. And again, not being a dick, just, I, I mean, genuinely, where do we need to go? How do we get there? It's easy to say, hey, we don't believe in this because, and I get it, I 100% understand what you're saying. My question is, how do we take action? What would be the next step? I think that's the thing that uh, we all have in common, gentlemen. We're, we're Why men of action. Why can I not see the comment? I see it I see it on the screen here, but I do not see the comment in the chat, and it's infuriating they me. Deleted, I don't know. They might have deleted it. I, I don't know. <laughs> and and I, will, I will say this, too, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, uh, kind of push back here, is I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and it is, and and actually the conversation I was having, I was like, you know, one one of the things that's so much fun about us as a panel is you you have uh, uh, the, the 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 spectrum of uh, uh, opinions on things, right? And one of the things I was talking about is the future of the industry, and I said, you know, Demay is is without a doubt uh, provides the most optimism over. Uh, the long term, <laughs> long term guidance of of the of the industry. I think Ray is probably the most pessimistic, and I think uh, I'm somewhere slightly uh, greater than Ray, <laughs> not much, right? And uh, and so you know, it's it, you know that's why we say Ryan is the voice of reason, right? And well, listen, I think the best best way to say this, Matt. Let me let me put it a different way. Mm-hmm. I take the uppers, Ray takes the downers. You take all the drugs. Yes, I, yes. <laughs> My nickname: the Black Hole the Black has spoken hole for a reason. That's right. <laughs> Um, All right, go on. And it's a wild ride, let me tell you. Uh, it's, it's a good time. God. A, some of the black up. ones, some of the blue ones, some of the red ones. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Some of the yellow ones. Yeah, you yes. know. I will snort it. And what the hell? I'll put this other one in my butt. Uh, that was a, <laughs> that was a callback. That was the pre-show. Anyway, callback. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But, but my, and where I'm going to go with this and why I think um, uh, MLSN is important, especially as a starting point, is considering the pressure the industry is under right now to do better, um, that I think uh, MLSN shows establishing minimums and justifying money spent on a minimum and uh, 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 justifying um, environmental impact uh, as as a, uh, a function of fertility applied based on MLSN is a... Um, I, I think that shows a significant amount of, of positive movement related to the Whoa. evolution of the industry, right? I think, I think that, I, I think that it, it demonstrates very healthily, uh, a willingness to evolve as an industry, whether, whether it's adopted or not, it's, it's, it shows that, you know, the, the thinking, I like the, the train of thought there. Uh, turf truth followed up and says, it is not us to develop methodology. Mike is claiming it works for all soils and turfs. Burden of proof is on him to develop a study that would address that claim. That's, I mean, that's that's a fair point. <laughs> that's a very that's a very fair point. I'm and... not smart enough to argue with that. So, uh, okay, I'll, because I'll let that lie where yeah. it is. No, yeah, but, but, but no, I'm not gonna, good. Okay, go on, go on, go on. I think but you're trying to have a, a good... conversation, and Turf Truth is trying to highlight that um, is is not trying to highlight is literally just pushing for a greater body of evidence to make the claim. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and I'm now I'm gonna I'm gonna say that if anyone deserves a literal man cape, uh, I think I think I think we should. Greek geek gets the first one though because there is no one quite as literal man as Greek geek is. 
Uh, but Turf Truth is is going to come in second there, and he's, he's gonna I'll be, give he's you gonna this: you're, you're a factor of two less than Greek Geek, but uh, you, you still you still get one. Still get one, and all right, oh, go go ahead, go ahead. And this is then I'll get all the drugs from both of you, so don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This whatever is you exactly... get prescribed, I'll take all of it. Okay, and the reason why I am hammering on MLS, MLSN is because MLSN has been used for writing BMPs. And this is where I take issue. It is a hypothesis that is then utilized to generate policy. And that's when I have a real problem. I have a huge problem with that. Okay. Listen, when it starts moving into policy, I mean, we're really starting to. I'm, and I'm, I'm going to say this just for for surface, just purely surface, um, that I can I can see where it starts influencing policy and interpretation of MLSN as it uh, influences the way policy is written. Right. I think I think there's some ambiguity there um, that that could potentially cause problems. So I I will see your point on that, but I also say this that if if interpreted with the mindset that we know this is a minimum, and ah no nah, I'm I'm actually I'm fucking myself up on that one because no I agree with you Ray because it because what happens what actually happens sudden, in real life in real you, life it, I mean, right, I've seen the, it the policy becomes is that you have to have a soul test that shows that you're below. 50 parts per million to justify being able to apply potassium because whatever's going on, then, well, that could create an issue in 10%, 15%, 20% because we simply don't know what the impact of 50 parts per million of potassium is going to be across the variety of cultivars and species. So no, I, I don't know. I, you actually, I give you that 100% as a matter of fact. Spot yeah, on. Because I've seen it, I've seen it happen like, for example, when I try to advise somebody in a P-restricted state, for example, they say, oh, no, no, I, I can't do that. But yet my new seeding is, you know, struggling and showing deficiency, but uh, I can't. I'm like, and, you know, at that point, I'm going like this and I'm thinking, for fuck's sake, <laughs> you know, why? Why are we? in this mess and you know who wrote this policy and on what basis did they write this policy oh they came up with this with this red line via mlsn that's how that happened (laughs) i i would agree with that i mean i I, i've done a a fair amount of legislative advocacy work and i could say that Things, you know, uh, that come up like in terms of, okay, hey, this is a problem that, you know, there's too much phosphorus or too much potassium that's being applied to turf grass. How do we solve this problem? Well, what are the guidelines that are out there? Well, you know, the the first thing they're going to do is Google it. And then if we get in front of them, (laughs) uh, then it it turns into, well, what about this, you know, this or that or whatever, right? You know, what do you subscribe to? And I can tell you when there's ambiguity or when there's confusion or, or anything like that it quickly becomes, okay, what's the safest thing to do here? The safest thing to do is to go with the lowest limits, right? So 
I could see how that could be problematic too. And I understand the hypothesis thing. And, uh, you know, I don't know at this point, you know, obviously I think Evie just talked about, you know, uh, uh, Jackie over at, uh, Michigan State is doing some work right now, going side by side with SLAN and MLSN. Is that wide? You know, that's not nearly wide enough uh, of a of a study, widely you know widely adopted and widely um, researched in, in multiple environments, right? To be able to know, but again, it gets us closer and closer to that result of you know, there's no result, but the closer and closer to the idea that okay, hey, here it is working in the Midwest on these types of grasses. Let's take it further out. Let's take it to like what Matt just said. Let's try 37 parts per million on Centipede in Valdosta, Georgia, and see what happens, <laughs> right? Take your life in your own hands. Sorry. So yeah. that's, what I, that's what I guess I hope is that the hypothesis gets tested. So to, uh, to turf truth, again, means and, and, you know, we've got the methods to do it. But certainly, uh, it's a means thing. You know, we need money to fund this research. We need uh, researchers that are curious about this from the standpoint of nutrient use, water quality, all those types of things right now that will eventually get us to a better result. And I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, I, I, I enjoy the feedback and the, and the, uh, the discourse that we're able to have here uh, hey, via the comment section for real. Man. A resident actual surgeon yeah, <laughs> has a good point. We have one of those. Too. He said, "Yeah, he said red lines should not be drawn on provisional data." And uh, Doctor Mishis, weren't red lines policies and mandates not made based on provisional data? And what disastrous results have resulted from that happening? Am I right, Doctor? <laughs> Beep. Are we? Is Big Pharma going to take us down now? All right. Look, we we've got to get off here. We can yeah. honestly keep going about this for four hours. We could. Um, uh, and uh, but anyway, gentlemen, what a what a good time this was. Love you all. Start off while we're in cigarettes, and hey, now we're here to burn shoot, it down. Shoot me an email, mail at thegrassfactor.tv. We'd love to to feature you in some way on here. Obviously, you know we. 100% understand the need for you to uh, maintain anonymity uh, because trust me, uh, and Turf Truth has one final comment here. Let us be clear. We are convinced that MLSN has been beneficial, but claims of all soils and turf are simply unproven and therefore we have no reason to be convinced. I can't argue against that either. Um, we would love for you to, I don't know, I'm sure, as, especially as we have a, a couple of professors come on and and we're going to be talking about these these things. Uh, I, I think it's going to generate a couple of questions for us that we could pose to you. And if you don't mind, uh, write back with the understanding that the the questions we ask you, uh, we would uh, show on the show and then also share that with the professors to be able to give their feedback and comments to them. We'll kind of play a quasi like uh, uh, arbitrator to uh, just a general discussion that needs to fucking happen in a public way to uh, to help us all get continue to grow, understand more, learn more. And fucking study, damn it, because that is what this was tonight. It was a complete and total study session. And, uh, man, I absolutely love the shit out of it. I love all of y'all. <laughs> and I love you, gentlemen. And we'll see y'all on the show after the show. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Take
Timmy. 